in the beginning, praise God, Bereshit, in the beginning, was the Word. Praise the Lord. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Praise God. He was with God in the beginning, Bereshit. All things were created through him. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, Yeshua gets all the, um, what's the grammatical term? He gets all the prepositions for creation. All things were created through him, by him, for him, in him. He gets all the prepositions. He gets all of them. But I was thinking about that, and there's one preposition that I needed to dig into, and that's what we're going to dig into today, because it confused me a little bit until I dug. So let's dig together. And that is, all things were created through him. Now, I understand all things were created by him. I understand that. It says, it says that God said, let us make man in our image. I understand that. All things were created for him, I understand that Yeshua said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. I understand that. But all things were created through him. Now, through is interesting because through involves motion through something. If you're going through something, you're, you're, you're entering into it on one side and you're leaving it the other. And it says that all things were created through him. Creation apparently went through, through the Messiah. So I thought about that, and I was looking at our Genesis 1-1 verse. And thank you, Stephanie, for the wonderful teaching on the Aleph Tav. I've encouraged Stephanie for years to write a book on that, and if she does not, I will do it for her. So let's take a look at that scripture one more time, and you're going to get a second lesson a little bit in the Aleph Tav. Bereshit means in the beginning on the PowerPoint. In the beginning, bara, created, Elohim, God. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the little vav before the word is and. So and is a little vav, which is a prefix in Hebrew. It's the prefix of the word is and, and the earth. So in this scripture, we've translated every word, but what word does not have an English uh, translation? The Aleph Tav, the Et. So the Et, as Stephanie said, is the Aleph Tav. It's the Hebrew word Et. It consists of the first and the last letters of the Hebrew alphabet. And grammatically, it's used after verbs, very often before a noun that has a the um, before the noun. So for instance, if I'm going to say I'm going to buy food, you, it would just say I'm going to buy food. But if it's, I'm going to buy the food, it would often be I'm going to buy Aleph Tav at the food. That's how it's used grammatically. But independent of how it's used grammatically, independent of how it is used in ancient Hebrew or modern Hebrew, is there a mystery in this Aleph Tav in the first and the last letters? And the question I have for you, which Stephanie already gave the answer, what are the first and the last letters of the Greek alphabet? Alpha and Omega. And Yeshua said that he is the Alpha and the Omega. 
So bringing it back into the Hebrew context, could he be saying that he is the Aleph Tav? So let's take a look at this Genesis 1-1 scripture. In the beginning, God created, and there's the Et Aleph Tav, the heavens, and there's the Aleph Tav, the earth. Now remember, John said he was with God in the beginning. Now, with him being the et in that scripture, and John was clearly making a reference to the creation statement by saying in the beginning. Clearly. But by saying he was with God in the beginning, could he be saying that here he is? Here he is. With God, there's Elohim right next to him, in the beginning, Bereshit. So what about this all things were created through him? Through him. Here is the creation statement. Bereshit bara Elohim. In the beginning, God created. What did he create? He created heaven and earth. Each of those things, the creation statement, the Bereshit bara Elohim, is the creative force, the creative power of God speaking out. And then when it created, when it actually created Hashemayim, heaven, and Haaretz, the earth, it had to go through Aleph Tav. All things came into being through him. Do you see it? All things were created through him. The creation statement, let there be light, went through him. Can we praise God? Can we let Cassia praise God for a few seconds? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, and, and by the way, I'm not making like this, this, this doctrinal statement of how the Godhead worked in creation. Okay? So I'm, I'm speaking in spirit, so take it that way. I know everybody reads the, reads the Bible as a, like, mathematically, like, oh, that's doctrine. Just hear what I have to say in spirit. Yeshua... Creation went through him, it says. Through, all things were created through him. It's like he's the funnel. It's like he's the conduit. He's the conduit. Christ is the conduit of creation, if I can alliterate a little bit. If I can alliterate a little bit. Christ is the conduit of creation. Do you see it? Creation goes through him. So here is how I see it. It says, in the beginning, it says the earth was tohu vavohu, which means void, empty, dark, nothing, unredeemable, nothing of worth, nothing of value, empty, Nothing. But the Spirit of God hovered over the water. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise God. And God said, Yehi or, let there be light. So there we have the word of God coming forth from heaven. Let there be light. The spirit of God was already hovering over the deep, hovering over the empty. It says hovering over the water. And don't ask me why there was water before he even created water. That's for the people much smarter than I am. 
But Yeshua, it says, all things were created through him. So Christ is the conduit of creation. So God said, let there be light. The Spirit of God was already hovering over the waters. The way I see it is that God sent out his creative force, his creative energy, by saying, let there be light, and it interacted with the Spirit of God, causing, causing creation to come forth. Like a chemical reaction. Something like that. But... Christ is the conduit of creation. It went through him. So he said, let there be light. And it went through Yeshua, causing creation to happen. Hey, I worked a long time on that. Praise the Lord. Want to see it again? Okay. So God said, let there be light. His creative force went through Yeshua, interacted with the Spirit of God, which caused a chemical reaction, which caused creation to come forth and something out of nothing. That's just how I see it. Not making doctrinal statements. Yeshua doesn't look like a beer can, okay? Or a Big Bang. But I'm not here to talk about how the Godhead operated in the creation moments for, for our world or the universe. I'm not here to talk about that. I'm, talk, I'm here to talk to you about how this pertains to us practically in our lives today. Because I'm here to tell you today that the same ingredients, we see the ingredients of creation right here. We see the ingredient of God's creative force coming forth with his, by him stating, let there be light. We see the spirit of God, the other ingredient, hovering over the waters already, waiting to receive that word from God. We see Yeshua, Christ the conduit, which is ready to funnel creation into the spirit of God. These are the, the ingredients for creation. And I am here today to tell you today to tell you that those same ingredients of creation are available today. Over darkness, over what needs the creative power of our Father in heaven. Those are the ingredients. So let's go through these ingredients right now. God says, let there be light. That's the first ingredient. Now, it says in Scripture, he said, let there be light, and there was light, as Dawn read. But, and that seems like be a momentary thing, and it was a momentary thing. He said it, and it came to be. No delay. But in another place, I read that God's word will not return void. Ever! Which to me means if there is still darkness to turn to light, that word is going to keep going out. He is still going to bring forth his word, let there be light. That word, that creative energy, and I'm, I know people don't like the word energy because it sounds very metaphysical or new age or something like that. The creative, his creative power, his creative force, when he said let there be light, it's still there today. It's as if he said, let there be light, and then in the fullness of time after Yeshua comes and all the kingdoms of the world are reconciled to him, then he will say, and there was light. Because his word will not return void. Because if he says, let there be light, and there is still darkness to be had, that is still going to keep going out again and again and again and again and again until all darkness is conquered. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So the creative energy, that, that heavenly creative energy is still there. It's still there. Ingredient number two is the Spirit of God. 
the Spirit of God. Now, us as believers, we're familiar with the Spirit of God because we have the Spirit of God within us. God gave to us His Holy Spirit to comfort us, to empower us, to convict us, to give us gifts. So we recognize the Spirit of God when He's moving, let's say, in a service, when it's an anointed service. We recognize the Spirit of God when there's an anointed worship experience or revival meeting or something like that, or something pretty amazing is happening. But there, the first instance of the Spirit of God used in Scripture has nothing to do with some amazing worship service. And it's got nothing to do with Him operating. It has nothing to do with prophecy or speaking in tongues or anything like that or bringing forth healing, which the Spirit of God does. But the first instance that we see the Spirit of God, He is hovering over darkness. He's hovering over darkness. I'm here today to tell you that the Spirit of God is still hovering over darkness. I'm here today to tell you that areas of darkness in your life that you want to flee from, the Spirit of God is hovering there. Waiting, waiting. Come on, waiting for the creative force of God to intersect with it, interact with it, and cause that reaction. Praise God. Oh, the Spirit of God's not in this church. I just don't see the Spirit of the Lord there. Well, you may not see it as you, as you know the Holy Spirit, but I tell you, if that is a dark place that you've entered in, oh, he's hovering there. He's hovering there. He's brooding there. I heard that a couple of days ago. He's hovering there, waiting to inter- interact and have an interaction with the creative power of God. Praise the Lord. See, we're so quick to run away from darkness. If we saw that the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Now, again, I don't know what those waters were in the beginning again. I don't know if the amoebae and bacterium in that water recognized the Spirit of God was there. Or even if there was any there in the first place. No bacterium. But the Spirit of God was hovering over that dark, desolate place. Do you understand what I'm saying? Dark, desolate place. Oh, I want to go where the glory is. There's a couple of crack houses in Woonsocket I can, I can bring it to. Okay? The Spirit of God there may not be what we're used to in like worship, celebration, revival meetings. But the Spirit of God is there hovering hovering, hovering. The first usage of the Spirit of God in all of Scripture is hovering over tohu vavohu, empty, void, nothing. Unredeemable, nothingness. But there he was, waiting for God to throw out that word, let there be light. Do you see it? Praise the Lord. But there's one final ingredient. There's one final ingredient. And that is Christ, the conduit. But here's what I want to tell you. Where does Christ live today? Where does Christ live today? He lives inside of you. He said the glory, he said of his father, he said to his father, he said the glory you gave me, I give to them. Greater things you will do because I go to the father, he said. 
We can worship the Messiah, and we should. But you are him today, here. Christ in you is the conduit today. Christ in you is the conduit of creation. I want you to hear this. Christ in you is the conduit of creation. The list of ingredients is now complete. We have God who spoke, let there be light, and that creative energy is still out there today, waiting. The Spirit of God is hovering over dark places. The only thing missing is you. Christ in you, the conduit. Mashiach in you. To be the con- How do we know that Yeshua was the conduit? He said, when you see me, you see the Father. He's the conduit. He said, I only do what I see the Father doing. He's the conduit. That is our role with Messiah within us. If you don't have Messiah within you, then accept Yeshua as your rabbi and as your savior, and he will dwell inside of you. And if he is inside of you, you are to be him. That God's creative force can come through, through you, and interact with the spirit of God, which is already in that dark place. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. How do we, how do we, how do we prevent this from happening? You know, sometimes, sometimes our conduit can get kind of blocked up because we despise the darkness and we have hatred for the darkness. And we don't see the Spirit of God hovering over that. But if we had eyes to see, we would see the Spirit of God there hovering, waiting for God's creative power to come through you. Praise the Lord. And when he does that, when he comes through you, you know what? It, it, when, he, when you recognize that he's the conduit, that you're just the conduit, it kicks pride in the butt. Because it's got nothing to do with you. It's no longer I that live, but who dwells within me. Come on. It's no longer I that live. I could do all things. You know, Paul didn't just end there. He didn't say, that would be prideful. I could do all things. I could do all things through. There's the through again. Conduit. Messiah. Christ, who strengthens me. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So I'm here to tell you today, not just a pictorial of the, how the Godhead works in creation. I am here to tell you that the creative energy is around today. The Spirit of God is in places that you are running from. And God wants you there to be the conduit because the conduit Christ lives within you. May we all have eyes to see. And here's to hear. Praise the Lord in Yeshua's name. I mean, oh, you know what? I cannot stop. You know, there was a, we, we all think that the, 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 the spirit of God is in the great worship services. I'm going to tell you an example of a great worship service. About a year and a half ago, here at Mishkan David, we just got our new sound system. 
and we didn't know how to use it. And that little buzz, for those who were here in the beginning, it was like, it was like that the whole praise and worship. We tried to muscle through two songs. And we actually, for the first time, we had to stop praise and worship. Said enough of this, got down, tried to sing a couple songs in uh, a cappella, and moved on. The system just failed us. We did not yet know how to use it. Didn't surely seem like a service or a worship experience that the Spirit of God was in. But the Spirit of God was hovering. The Spirit of God was hovering, waiting for the conduit. Waiting for the conduit. You know what you need to do to be the conduit? Just be available. Just be available and keep your conduit clean. That's it. Just be available and keep your conduit clean. That's all you have to do. But the Spirit of God was over that terrible, terrible worship service. Horrible. So now it's time for the offering. And I'm all, as they say in Yiddish, verklempt. So I didn't know what to do for the offering. So the only thing that was working was the keyboard because the keyboard was connected to that little monitor over there. We did, it, had to, it was able to bypass the sound system. So it was, I was able to get a little sound off the keyboard, but no way microphones were working. So I went up there and I looked through the worship set that we were not able to complete and I found the song, which we were going to do, called Lord Prepare Me, Your Sanctuary. And I just started to play it on piano. Chris, can you come forward? And all of a sudden, there was a, a new family that was at Mishkan for their first day. And I heard in the audience this voice. Perry of the sanctuary. And the conduit was activated. And I said, what's your name, son? He said, Chris. I said, Chris, come up to the stage. You're going to sing the song during the offering. And he sang it. And the whole congregation, of course, was, was very blessed and, and, and pleased and rejoicing. And then Chris did something that he may not remember, but I remember it. He pumped his arms in the air. And he said, I'm accepted! And I knew he wasn't talking about a place. He was accepted by our father. And he knew it at that moment. And he used you and me as the conduit. Do you understand? God's creative power, his love, came through the conduit of Christ in you. The spirit of God was hovering over that little worship service that went to heck, hell. Crap. Don't ask me to keep going. Little did I know that his mom, Judy, was sitting there during the service asking God, God, if this is the place for us, give us a sign that Chris will be accepted.
The creative power of God is there. The Spirit of God is hovering over places that will surprise you. The next ingredient is Christ in you to be the conduit, to allow that interaction to happen, and for creation to come forth. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise God.